Hi, everyone. This is the first episode of our Fostering Green podcast. Today, we'll be talking about kind of an introduction to our project and our team members and then reflecting on our time in Jordan. If everyone will go ahead and introduce ourselves, I'll pass it off to Sumeya first. Hi, everyone. My name is Sumeya Dagestani. I am a fourth year international relations and global studies double major. Outside of school, I play volleyball. I love to read. I'm currently working on my thesis. Swallows up a lot of my time. And my role on the team is the cultural lead. And so that's been really fun. I'll pass it on to Tanya now. Hi, everyone. My name is Tanya. I'm also a senior. I'm majoring in plan two Middle Eastern studies in Arabic. And outside of the project, I teach yoga and I practice a lot of yoga. So that's what I really love to do. I also love politics, the news. So I'm always reading about current events and international relations. And I really love trying different foods around Austin and traveling a bunch. And my role on the team is to coordinate with the UJ team, the University of Jordan students, as well as work on the surveys and get that data for the project. Hey everyone, I'm Abby. I'm also a fourth year in Plan 2, which is where I met Tanya and Sumaya. And then I'm also majoring in environmental engineering and chemistry. My role on the team was primarily to be the operations and technical lead. Outside the project, I'm involved in a student organization at UT called the Sustainability Investment Group. And then I'm also working on my thesis right now. Outside of academic discipline, I really like to go for runs, read nonfiction books, and try new food. Hi, everyone. I'm Kasara. I'm a sustainability studies, geography, business, and humanities quadruple major. Things I enjoy outside of school include traveling, biking, farming. And within school, I also am a part of the sustainability investment group and also work for a reproductive health legislation group. Um, And my role on the team has been predominantly working with the Green Fund, as well as multimedia content for our own UT Green Fund. That includes the scope of this podcast. So yeah, we're excited to be able to kind of talk about our project, which we'll go into next. Tanya, if you'll give a brief overview of our project, please. So our project is called Fostering Green Entrepreneurialism, and we partnered with the University of Jordan in Amman, the capital of the country, and that kind of came about because our universities are really comparable. Um, We both have about 50,000 students. We're both really big research universities, and we wanted to look at water scarcity in Jordan because it is one of the most water-scarce countries in the world. It's usually ranked um, on average as one of the top five water scarce countries always. And Texas has a lot of water scarcity issues and will have in the future. So we thought that it would be a great opportunity to exchange a lot of best practices, what has worked, what doesn't work, and how students can be involved with sustainability initiatives on their own campus. At UT, we have the Green Fund, which basically pulls in $5 from every student's tuition to create this grant program. And students and faculty members can apply for um, the for stipends to fund research projects, to implement sustainable projects, to improve practices on campus, really various things. So we thought we would introduce this great concept, which is at a lot of other campuses around the world, to Jordan. So that is the main component of our um project, which is going to be implemented soon. We're also working on surveys and focus groups to create a publication and different sort of reports on our findings. That is about it for the overview of our project. We'll go deeper into this in the next few episodes. Thanks for providing that, Sumeya. If you would want to talk about the kind of research you've done with the focus groups and surveys, as well as like what the symposium was like. Yeah, definitely. So a really big part of my role as cultural lead is making sure that the connections between Jordanians and Texans are fostered. And so a really interesting way to simplify that and to really encourage that 
is to understand one another. And so we decided to do something of a look into what is it that students think about when they think about sustainability, about the environment, about nature. And so we hosted a series of focus groups at the University of Texas at Austin. And then we replicated those focus groups in the University of Jordan in Amman. And so when we did this, we worked so closely, us ourselves, a team of four, we worked closely with the team in Jordan who was replicating like what we had done at UT. And so in a way, you know, not only did we understand the people who were the respondents in our focus group and the informants, but we also had a cross-cultural exchange between us as team members. And so the team members of the Jordan team, along with us, we were able to share our ideas about how these things work. How do these conversations about the topics like sustainability happen? How do we even recruit people? I'll definitely go into the research more at any time, but we found a lot of similarities. And so like Tanya mentioned, like we chose Jordan for a reason because of the parallels between Jordanian and Texan realities. And so we were able to find some similarities and some common ground through our work. But then at the same time, there were like such unique aspects, both in Texas and in Jordan that can't be replicated. And I think that just goes to show like how much your environment, both natural and physical and, you know, mental affect the way you view the world. Thanks for sharing. Abby, if you would love to share like a little bit more about the operations logistical side of things. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I think one of the hardest parts of this project was actually communication because our team was more than just our four undergraduate students. We also had one grad student, Nora. We had three faculty members, Dr. Eaton, Dr. Valenta, and Dr. Atkinson. And then on the UJ side, we had three undergrad students, Khalid Rahaf and Mohammed. And then we also had two faculty mentors over there, Dr. Alina and Dr. Ashraf. So already we've got this team of 12 people. So one of the hardest things to do is to actually figure out a time to meet, especially when you add in the, the intricacy of having an eight-hour time difference. So finding an appropriate time of the day to actually get work done was a, was a main challenge of ours. But also just, you know, looking at a project like this with so many different components and so many different deliverables, right? You know, we had our UJ Green Fund that we were going to establish at the University of Jordan, but then we also had surveys and focus groups to conduct at both universities, you know. So we had what we wanted to accomplish in mind, but how do you go from having an idea to actually accomplishing that idea what was a main challenge of ours that we had to use a variety of organizational tools to sort of keep up with over time, which I'm sure we're going to go more in depth with um, in future podcasts. But it was a definitely very fun project. I personally love the organizational part. So playing that role was really exciting for me. Thanks for sharing. So I guess to clarify, on our end, we have both the University of Jordan Green Fund as well as the University of Texas Green Fund. And so we applied for funding both through the Presidential Award for Global Learning, as well as the UT Green Fund as well to fund the multimedia components of it, which includes this podcast. And as part of our PAGO project, which is the acronym for President's Award for Global Learning, we wanted to implement a green fund at the University of Jordan that was kind of inspired by the one.ut. So I use my findings about university green funds, which are essentially just ways to provide funding for student-led initiatives to create sustainability on campuses to inspire a green fund at the University of Jordan there because it was something that we saw that was lacking and we would we wanted to provide that avenue for students to be able to innovate within sustainability there. So yeah, now we're going to get into how our project kind of formed. Tanya, you were key in um, forming this team. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that and how you came together with this group of people? Yeah, it's amazing to see how far we've come since forming the team about a year and a half ago. I heard about the President's Award for Global Learning I think I saw it online on the Texas Global site, and then my roommate at the time, she briefly told me about the project, and she won a, a year ago for a project to 
I work with LGBTQ students in India. So I thought it was an incredible opportunity to um, go abroad. It was such a unique thing that I hadn't like heard of anyone else having. So I met Sumaya through Claim 2 in a philosophy class. And Abby I had known for a couple of years by then. And then Kisara and I were in a group called Sal Social Entrepreneurship Learning Lab. And we were in a cohort together talking about a lot of similar themes um, and ideas to what our project touched on as well. So it was really awesome to just bring together this diverse group of really powerful women doing great things individually. But when we came together as a team, it was even more amazing. So from there, we worked together to get in contact with our faculty members, and then the rest is history. Yeah. So I guess all of us can kind of talk about what it was like working over the summer on our initial report and kind of just like a year-long overview. What was it like meeting on Zoom at late hours of the night um, for long periods of time? Maybe the challenges that you faced with that, if everyone would like to share a little bit. Yeah, I can go ahead. So a little bit of context. When we started this project, I think it was like April of 2020. So it was, you know, one month into the pandemic and we were, you know, still thinking that life would be back to normal quickly, but it was also, you know, at that head point had felt so long into like a pause on our lives. And so when we had like this project opportunity and when this came about, I threw myself into this, you know, it was what I was looking for in a time where I felt like so disconnected from the rest of the world and I felt like everything was on pause. And so in a way, like working the late hours in the summer and like throughout the end of the spring semester of 2020 and really, you know, having something that I can dedicate myself to and really go all in was a sense of normalcy. And so now looking back retroactively, like retrospectively, I mean, it's maybe not, you know, it's a help coping mechanism. And Pagel offered me, I think, the chance to look outside my bubble in a time where it felt so, so restrictive. And so I, as much as it was hard work and, you know, I, you know, sometimes was exhausted and was tired and it was, you know, grueling. It was something that I was thankful for because I had that chance to put myself out there and look outside the realm of my home and childhood bedroom. I guess I could go next. Yeah. So we started April, 2020. And I think the only thing we knew at the time when it was just us four was that we wanted to do a project in the Middle East, North Africa region, and we wanted it to be focused on sustainability. So we had a huge ideation phase. We threw a ton of different ideas around from like doing an engineering project with drip irrigation, which didn't make sense given the background of our team, but also like finding a Finding faculty mentors to shepherd us was also challenging because it's a year and a half long commitment. So finding the right fit for that also took a long time. Finding the right university in Jordan was also a long time. And it was also interesting working, you know, exclusively on Zoom. Like, I don't think I saw the team I don't remember when the first time I saw everybody in person was, but like our faculty mentor, the first time I met him was actually in Jordan, which is crazy. Like a year after working on this project and knowing him. So that was insane, but it's almost like Zoom was both a barrier and an enabler. So, you know, we're working on this project, but the only reason why we'd be able to be connected to our university in Jordan is that we can meet online random times of the day. So definitely very grateful to have this opportunity. Yes, I echo that as well. I think the main challenge was working off of Zoom. I think we lost a lot of that that time to just like get to know each other, to just have those side conversations. With our group, it was always just like working, I felt like 24-7 because we weren't able to get together and just, you know, hang out. 
but also with the Jordanian team. It was really interesting to see before going to Jordan and actually being there for two weeks. We were also very focused on the project and getting things done, but then we built really strong relationships. We were joking around. We're having a great time just seeing the city, them showing us around, and then made like lifelong friends with them. So that was a really amazing. I think that was the best part of the project for me was just getting to know them and having that dialogue and those exchanges. And then also it's funny because now we go back to Zoom because we were back in Austin and they're in Jordan and we miss that component again of having those um, conversations and building on those relationships. It's very different working solely online. Yeah, like Tanya, the thing that stuck out to me was the first meeting we had in Jordan with the whole UJ team in person, like was our most productive meeting like that we'd ever had just because just seeing each other face to face made it so much more enjoyable to actually work with each other and you know accomplish things and connect on a deeper level than you can through a screen. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Sorry, like when Abby pointed that out that one meeting was more productive than so many meetings combined on Zoom. And it's so true. Yeah, I think the one thing I've learned about Zoom meetings with this project, especially for such like long structured meetings we had throughout the semester is that you like kind of have to have an agenda in order to like be productive or like have some things written out or list out beforehand or it can kind of derail everything. So that was like a big takeaway for me, but it was such I actually don't even have the words for it, but being able to be part of the process of like creating a report and then pitching it and then like kind of finding out we won was kind of surreal, like that we had the money to like travel and go on this project. And even like the opportunity to travel, like and miss COVID, we were like really concerned about like the Delta variant and all of those sort of things. And then Abby really played like a pivotal role in all of the logistics and like was really the mastermind of like planning all of our, our travel. So shout out to Abby for doing that. So now that we've kind of talked a little bit about how our project formed, where that took us next was flying to Jordan. So that's what we're going to be kind of discussing next. And then within this podcast, I've kind of broken it up into week one and week two. So I'll kind of go into jet lag first. And then I think Abby and Tanya already really touched on that first meeting we had with Jordan. So essentially, like whenever I got there, I had to fly for like 72 straight hours. And I didn't kind of, I kind of underestimated like the power of jet lag because I had insomnia for the next like five days afterwards, which is kind of terrible to work with. But I think like overcoming that was made me feel like a little triumphant, I guess. But yeah, it was definitely a lot to travel there and kind of organize that. And we all had different journeys getting there because we were all coming from either different places or different times. But it was so surreal, like walking into the hotel and like seeing everyone like sitting down in the seats in the lobby. But yeah, Abby or everyone, would you guys like to talk about like kind of touring campus and what you're Um, perspectives on that was like yeah so I think we had our our schedule pretty much planned out day to day so pretty quickly one of the first days we we were all going to embark on a campus tour of the University of Jordan yeah yeah we had it laid out our all the different schools to visit so you know I think we were there from about 8 a.m to like 4.30 p.m., which was really cool. Their campus is very beautiful. It's super comparable to the UT campus because they both host 50,000 undergraduates, I think, as Tanya said before. So I think we visited the Water, Energy, Environment Center, School of Engineering, some scientific research centers, the School of Agriculture, among other ones. But for each school that we would visit we would sort of meet with the directors of the programs and talk about what collaboration makes sense between our project and and their role in the school so that was incredible I think the thing that stuck out the most to me was 
and they'd offer us tea, coffee, or snacks at every visit. So I just remember by the end, I was just buzzing with like caffeine <laughs> and, and crashing a little bit at the same time. It was a, a really memorable experience. Loved the chance to get to know each facet of the university. I think, I feel like one of you guys might have some um, other thoughts on that too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I guess as cultural lead, my take, like the hospitality of Jordan in general was, I, I mean, I see education, I think, like the classroom as a microcosm of the greater society. And so when we went into like every single office or any single lab or every single classroom at the University of Jordan, I think it was like the greater hospitality of Jordan being shown to us in our interpersonal interactions with them. And I felt like that was so, um, I don't know, I thought it was really beautiful that they were able to be such great hosts because that really made our experience all the more positive. And I think it helped us also realize, you know, like it was the perfect place to do this kind of international project because of the dynamic of how like the host country in which you are going to work in and how they're receptive to you as, as foreigners going into a country. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I guess, thankful to the university of Jordan to each of the individuals that we met with who were always so graceful and, hospitable. Yeah, thank you both for kind of adding some insight onto that. Tanya, would you like to talk more about the alumni dinner? Yeah, definitely. I think just two nights after we had arrived, our first main event was the alumni dinner. And we reached out through Texas Access and whatever networks um, and connections to join we had to invite as many people as possible who were connected to UT, either alumni or friends of alumni, and even current students who happened to be in Jordan at the same time. So it was really an awesome event to kick off our time in Jordan and just bring people together over food and just talk in a really casual setting about what are our plans for this green fund? Why are we here? And how they can support this project. So we had a dinner, but before that, we also Zoomed in Dr. Sammy Ayub of the law school and of the Middle Eastern Studies program, who spoke about Islamic law and had a really stimulating conversation about how this works in many Middle Eastern contexts. So we really enjoyed that, and we appreciated him taking appreciated him taking the time to do that for us. And then we had a dinner um, at the hotel we were staying at. And a lot of our friends who were either taking Arabic classes in Jordan that summer, or just have family in Jordan were also able to attend. So that was really awesome. So shortly after the alumni dinner, a little later in the week, we were able to have Green Fund boot camps. So our Jordanian counterparts were able to kind of organize a boot camp for the Jordanian students there. And it was just kind of amazing to see how excited everyone was about green entrepreneurship. And I was able to present with Dr. Walenta as well. And so that was really fun being able to like see how excited they were about being able to participate in the Green Fund and then just like seeing new faces. But yeah, that is a little bit about what the boot camps were like. And kind of to cap off the week, we took some time off and were able to explore Jordan. We went to Petra, Wadi Rum, Aqaba, and then back to Amman. I guess everyone can kind of share about their thoughts on our side adventures for that week. Yeah, words of the wise, it is sweltering hot in all of these places. <laughs> but I mean, for every degree of heat you get, the beauty of each of those places, I think, makes up for it. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's so much like history and heritage and 
to each of these sites and like the geopolitical significance of places like Aqaba um, and like Amman. When I was there, I think it was so surreal to be able to visit like these thousands year old sites and like specifically like Petra and really, you know, marvel at human creativity and ingenuity in the way like that was just I don't know so evident and yeah I just loved like the portal into that yeah I mean I think for me Sumai it's almost just so hard to put it into words like each one of these places was so amazing and we got to go with our UJ team as well. So like it was also an opportunity to team build and, you know, get to know the people that we've been working with for the past few months on a much more personal level. I think my favorite part, one of my favorite parts was we all found this really steep sand dune in Wadi Room and the sand just looks so soft and luscious. And we all took turns like trying to roll down and see who could go fastest. But like, that's just a really almost simple pleasure that I haven't had the opportunity to do in Houston or Austin, Texas, at least not yet. So <laughs> the desert brings people together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, just being able to travel with our like undergraduate Jordanian team is like really kind of how I got to know them. It's like completely different than working in a more formal setting, like at the university or through these meetings with the faculty members, just like rolling around in the hills or being able to like travel in or having them show us Amman and like parts of like where they live or through their eyes was like really special and like really how I felt I got to know them. And I think it's almost, you know, like the polar opposite of what we had been doing for so long, like through Zoom, like it was instead of, like the box stuff like I feel like maybe there's levels to it like the zoom is the very restrictive like box like you can mute yourself you can totally limit like what it is and then you go into like a professional office like we did that first day um when we get to meet and you know like the breaking of the ice and then like Abby said like the team building and like Kasara said like going with these people and traveling and really you know like extends that connection of you know breaking those the rigidity, I guess, of what we had been used to for so long. And so it was really valuable, I think, in so many ways. And I was actually, you know, sifting through my like pictures the other day. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, like, it's so, so nice to kind of have those memories. And I'm, you know, eternally grateful for them. I guess I can add that I had been to Wadi Rum and Petra before, but I think this was like even more of an eye-opening experience because I traveled with all Americans that last time. So there was definitely something missing in terms of being able to like communicate with like our bus driver or the tour people. And because we had Arabs with us as well, who kind of got the culture. So it definitely made it a richer experience for all of us. And yes, like Sumaya and Abby have mentioned, these are just such beautiful places, the wonders of the world. So being able to see them, you can't really like put into words what that felt like. And I personally love the desert and it was just like a really nice place like to connect with nature again after we had worked so much like in office spaces or schools or in more modern environments. So being able to just, be there to be with like a really great and talented group of people was probably one of like the best moments of my life and even like my favorite moment was probably when we were with the Bedouins when we were on the four by four tour and they stop and they give us tea and you know you can just like talk to them a little bit and Khaled one of the UJ team members even was singing with one of the Bedouins as he played um, a guitar instrument. So Dr. Wolent and I were 
plotting about when we were going to go join the Bedouins in the desert. <laughs> and that could very well still happen, hopefully. Yeah, thanks for sharing, everyone. So that kind of leads into week two, and we kind of immediately flipped a switch and went back to work and working with the research symposium. So, Sumeya, if you'd like to kind of cover like an overview of that, the stress related to it, just like being able to organize all of that, et cetera. Yeah. So like on a totally different note of the switch from planning to executing, especially international planning and coming into a space and being like, yeah, we have totally like, we know what we're doing to actually, you know, needing to do it. We, I think stress, I think Kasara put it great, was definitely high on my list of emotions that day, but so were like eagerness and excitement and anticipation for something that we had been working on. And so the chance first off to put an international symposium on was so surreal, I think. Like, I don't know, that was one of, I think like in my professional academic career, I think that's been one of the coolest things that I've done so far. And so what we did for that is we invited... And we're fortunate to have guests from the University of Jordan. We had a number of speakers, specifically Dr. Diala Toraune, Dr. Osama Ayadi, and Dr. Khaldun Shatanawi, and then a UJ student, Rahaf Zurba, from our team, actually. And then we also had the UT faculty and staff speaking about our end of things. And so we had Mr. Juan Ontiveros, Mr. Jim Kars, Professor Jamie Walenta, and then myself representing like our team. And so we, you know, the main two ideas of this, we had one end, we wanted to talk about the technical campus sustainability efforts and what the University of Texas at Austin is doing and what the University of Jordan is doing in order to advance environmental sustainability on their campus grounds. And so we had like a really deep dive into what kind of increased efficiency mechanisms they're using. And I think (laughs) definitely not the person to talk about this, Abby, our technical lead, would have more insight on this, but it was really cool. And we had Again, Zoom worked to our advantage. We had our UT staff was able to call in and kind of give a perspective into what our campus does here in Texas, as well as, you know, interact with and answer questions from the Jordanian audience. And then the second part we did was looking at the student perceptions and educating on sustainability. And so we had a professor from the University of Jordan, Dr. Diala, and then Dr. Walenta from our team, Dr. Jamie Walenta, talk about like, what are the strategies and tactics to educate on something like environmental sustainability? And so that was really eye-opening. And then lastly, we did a little bit of a preliminary analysis of our research project on student perceptions. And I thought that was really cool because while we had done, you know, our research and we had looked into it, we were able to expand that a little further and kind of gauge what the audience thought and get a little bit more ideas, especially as we go through the rest of the research. And so, yeah, I mean, I could talk about this all day and happy to (laughs) do that at any point. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And now we can kind of talk about what our site visits were like, some of the particular sites that were your favorite or sort of your takeaways from that. Tanya, if you'd like to start. Sure. The site visits were really amazing because it gave us an insight into the actual NGOs, the research centers, the ministries of environment who were actually tackling these sustainability issues in Jordan. So the way we had to split up the site visits because of COVID protocols and just transportation was four or five of us or half the team went on one day and then on the next day, the other half went. So the site visits that I got to go to 
were the Ministry of Environment, the Jordan Valley Authority and Ministry of Water and Irrigation and the Jordan Renewable Energy Fund. So Dr. Eaton accompanied us to all of them, but on this particular day, it was me, Sumeya, Dr. Walenta, and Dr. Ashraf and Dr. Lena from the UJ team. So they, the UJ members completely planned everything in terms of who we were going to visit, brief them about who we were. And it was just a really great opportunity to have these conversations. But also, I think, for Sumaya and I to get this professional experience of sitting in on these sorts of meetings and just getting support and awareness for a project was really interesting to listen in on. So the first stop was the Ministry of Environment. It was really surreal to be able to visit a governmental institution in Jordan, just to see how they were different and similar from probably like any ministry or the equivalent in the United States, probably a department um, of environment. So we were able to introduce ourselves, tell us, tell them about our project. And they were telling us also about what their operations are like within the ministry and how their day-to-day works. And so from there, we went to the Jordan Valley Authority and Ministry of Water and Irrigation. They were both in the same building, I believe, so it, or very close together. So we were, so that was, so I think the Jordan Valley Authority basically is responsible for the water distribution and water laws in the country. So that was really critical to understand and hear from them. And lastly, we went to the Jordan Renewable Energy Fund, and this was an NGO which was doing really great work. They had a lot of support from international donors in the United States and also in Europe and elsewhere. So to hear about how grants and international development plays a role in Jordan was really interesting because that is partly what we are doing with our project. So overall, it was um, a really wonderful experience. It was honestly one of my favorite days on the trip because we were able to connect with more Jordanians, tell them about our project. And then we even discussed possibly creating another program with Texas Global in order to send more University of Texas students to Jordan to intern in these organizations, these NGOs, these um, ministries of water and environment. So really our project is just a gateway to create more connection, create more opportunities for both our countries to really work together. Yeah, and then Abby, if you'd like to talk about our site visits on the other day. Yeah, so I went with Kasara, Dr. Eaton, Nora, Dr. Ashraf, and Dr. Lena. We went, I guess, a couple days after Tani and Sumaya's group. So we got to hear about their experience first before we were going, but we visited the Jordan Green Building Council, the BDC or Business Development Center, WANA, which stands for West Asia, North Africa, and then Adama, which I believe means sustainability in Arabic. I could be wrong. No, yeah, it does. Okay, perfect. The Jordan Green Building Council is an NGO that has its headquarters in Amman, and they report both to the ministries of social development and environment. And they really look at all aspects of what is what needs to go into adopting green building in Jordan. So that involves you know things like LEED, which is a certification for green building that we use in the United States, but I believe it's also worldwide. So they really just support all aspects of green building, working with the different ministries, working at different private sector companies in Jordan to support green the growth of green building. And the next one that we visited was the BDC or the Business Development Center, it, which was really cool for me to visit. I've been involved with a lot of entrepreneurship organizations and companies here in Austin. So it was cool seeing the parallels, but BDC is also a nonprofit organization that really is set on looking at how to foster entrepreneurship and economic development in Jordan and the broader Middle East. 
So it was just really cool sitting in the room with the directors of the BDC, hearing about the work that they've done in the past, hearing their success stories. You know, when, when the conference room we were meeting in, they had a wall of all their successful investments. So that was just really cool to get to see. Um, then the next one was WANA or the West Asia North Africa Institute. And it's a nonprofit think tank in Amman. And they look at various humanitarian issues facing the region. Um, visiting WANA was really cool because we actually had a connection with one of the Jordanian friends that we know from UT. So it just made the world feel a whole lot smaller. But it was also really interesting to see that they work with the intersection of sustainable development, social justice, and human security. So it really touched upon a lot of the aspects of our project. And then the last site visit that we went to was Adama. So it's Adama Association for Energy, Water, and Environment. But it's also an NGO that was formed about a decade ago, which looks at Jordan's energy environment and water security. So definitely addressing some of the same needs that we are looking at in our project with water security. But yeah, it was just really cool to visit all these NGOs, be a part of the conversation, but also listen in to hear about what they were doing for Jordan and their broader communities, and then also be able to discuss our project with them, see if there's a chance for collaboration and see um, where they can help out. But it was really eye-opening to be able to be, be in the room for those conversations. Yeah, for sure. And then lastly, we kind of intercepted those site visits with different field trips, places we went included Wadi Al-Mujib, Tarash, the Aljun Castle, and the baptism site, as well as the Dead Sea. My personal favorite was definitely Wadi Al-Mujib. It was canyoning pretty much, or like at least similar to it, where we kind of wade through the water and then have to like climb up things to finally get to this like huge like waterfall. And it was just so fun being able to experience that with some of our um, Jordanian undergraduate team, as well as our UT team here. Even Dr. Eaton was able to come along for part of it. I personally really loved our visit to Ajlun Castle. That was one of the Islamic forts during the Crusades. And it was just amazing to see that place because it really reminded me of how rich like history and culture is in this, this part of the world. We had, of course, seen Amman. And right in the middle of Amman is a Roman amphitheater so we weren't able to go in because of covid but just seeing that like rome you know was once occupied the romans were occupying jordan but now we see this islamic civilization all around it was really interesting but ajloon was took us back even further i guess to the 11th and 12th centuries during the crusades and seeing that clash of civilization between like islam and christianity and learning a bit more about that culture was really amazing. And as well as this other part, I forgot what it's called. Al- oh, Um Al-Kais? Um Al-Kais. Um Al-Kais. That was amazing because you could see from this vantage point, of course, we were in Jordan. You could see Palestine, Israel to the left, Lebanon in the way distance after beyond the mountains, and then Syria to your right, where actually Samaya has a connection to. So it was, that was probably my favorite part, just to see the geography, see how close these amazing countries were to each other. And it was, some, it was like not something I've never seen before. Exactly what I was going to say. I love how you put it. I think like Um Qais for me, was so surreal and I I think if you ask Lakisara, Abby or Tanya they'll tell you it was just so as a Syrian American I've you know heard stories of Syria and I'm connected to my heritage I mean my parents have made sure that it's a really big part of our identity but I've never actually visited Syria nor been able to go and so 
my trip to Jordan was, you know, the closest I've ever really been to Syria. And so I like actually on the border between Jordan and Syria is like my grandfather's hometown. And so it was just super moving, I think, to be able to kind of be there and to see that and kind of think about like what it means to be in a place and what the like borders and like yeah not not very well put but it was definitely an experience of a lifetime and I think the same can be said actually for like Mount Mount Nibble I think although it's in another part of Jordan there's it also looks over I believe like the Dead Sea and parts of Palestine and and Israel and so you know the way I don't know I just think like Jordan is so interestingly situated in the Middle East and because of the stability it offers gives a vantage point to the rest of the region in a way that allows you to feel like you're in it but at the same time not and so it's really you know like a an interesting dynamic for sure yeah that was so beautifully said thank you for kind of sharing all of you about those field trips we took on that last week and then kind of to cap things off we said our goodbyes in the last day and I think that was like a day that was really hard for me personally like just meeting these people, really getting to know them in such a short span of time and then having to say goodbye with the uncertainty that we would like really ever get to see them or connect with them again, except through a Zoom call. So I'm going back to that kind of isolated space of just talking from a bubble like to someone across the world. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's kind of, you know, the thing with traveling, I think, it kind of does that to you, right? Like you get to a place and you fall in love and like when you love, like, I mean, Jordan was such a great experience for us and I think we all really liked it. And so the wanderlust, like it's not over after you've gone, right? Like the goodbye to a place makes you almost like want to go back and see it again. And so, I don't know. I think that's kind of really nice and how, it makes you want to explore even more and make connections with people internationally. And so it's kind of like a catalyst for more growth and experiences in our futures. So while the goodbyes really were, you know, sad and having to like, I mean, saying goodbye, I guess is never really fun, but it's at the same time, like a sign for, you know, the future and, the next steps of our project because fortunately we still have the chance to work with our team and we are well connected with them still and so yeah yeah that's just my take on it <laughs> i was tearing up there a little bit sumaya <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think it i think the two weeks just passed by so soon and that was when the adaptations of the project that came out of the covid area era because the previous years of pagel I think the project duration was two and a half months, definitely longer than two weeks, but it was shortened to that time frame, you know, obviously because of COVID restrictions. So still very grateful that we got the opportunity to go. But I think we didn't realize how short it would go by because you spend about the first few days, like Kasara was saying, getting over jet lag, getting adjusted, and then you get into like the strides of the project. And then all of a sudden it's over, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm planning on going back. You know, it was a really beautiful place and I had a beautiful time there, you know, made a lot of connections. So, so I, I would love to go back in a heartbeat. I remember that last day when we actually, before that, one of my favorite I guess bonding moments with them was when we had a really ultra competitive soccer game and it was really random because it was just one evening that they rented out a like basketball court within a school and we had a really great time like the girls versus the boys and we did win for the record and made it 
huge comeback. <laughs> but just moments like those were just like always, you know, we took them for granted at the time, but really like those are things we're going to mem- remember for the rest of our lives. And even like one of our team members, Mustafa had a bus who, which his parents gave him and it actually didn't have a back seats at all. It just had a driver's seat and a passenger seat. So we would all sit in the back of the bus on the ground and it was just, you know, the, the best time ever to have that experience you would never have otherwise. So just going around the city in that way to get to know the city and this and our teammates in that way was probably my favorite part. And that last night we had gotten ice cream, Syrian ice cream from Big Dash. And then we said goodbye, but no one was willing to say, say goodbye first. And we probably stood there for like 20, 30 minutes just <laughs> recounting all the great memories we had and how much we're going to miss each other. Yeah. And then I guess at the end of it, the one thing that stood out to me is just how much they like, kind of gave to us. Like they gave us so much of their time. Like we really like kind of interrupted their lives. Like they were still doing school, taking exams, but they took the time to like go on trips with us and show us around Amman and also campus and the little gifts they would give us, they gave us towards the end of it. All of it was super special. They even got an Arabic calligraphy artist to personalize our names and into like a little art print, which was really special to me. But yeah, I guess to kind of cap things off, we can just have like a little reflection period, just talking about one, what was your biggest takeaway or like the thing you enjoyed most about the project? And then second, something you found maybe challenging or difficult. And that might be related to like working internationally or like working on Zoom, et cetera. But yeah. yeah that's a big question. What is my biggest takeaway? I mean, I, there are so many things that I think I've learned throughout this process and things that I know will stick with me. But I for me, I think it's the way in which we make connections with people and like throughout time and throughout like across borders, I think is so important. Like the cross-cultural exchanges and this feels almost, you know, like <laughs> like the biggest word, I think, the most repeated word that I have during this project, like the cross-cultural exchanges or cross-cultural connections. But I feel like that there's so much value in that because the communication that comes through that, the level, increased level of compassion and empathy and understanding that I think can come about from in like fostering relationships with people from different backgrounds and exploring new worlds really, you know, I think makes you a better person as an individual, but at the same time, it makes the world that you are living in and existing in all the more powerful and strong because there is that like common ground to work on and work forward with. And so that's my biggest takeaway is just make efforts and put yourself in situations where you can have that engagement and interaction with people from different backgrounds on the flip side the most difficult part I think maybe you know like for me it was like I mentioned earlier I threw myself fully into this and so I learned the importance of also having boundaries with how much you put into something because at the end of the day taking care of yourself is also really important in any work you do and I think sometimes I would get a little carried away with the stress and that can be you know that's not the healthiest way of going about work and so actually in Jordan something I learned from the team and from the faculty was the importance of you know taking a step back and really putting things into perspective and realizing that even if the deliverable that you like had in mind doesn't get completed exactly 100% at the end of the day when you're going to be asked like what's your biggest takeaway it's not going to be like oh this report it's going to be something 
more substantial, like the connections I've made and the relationships I've built. And so, yeah, that's my answer. I guess going off of Sumaya, I think one of my biggest takeaways is that you get what you give. So I think what made our project so successful is actually the strength of our partnership with the University of Jordan, you know, because if we didn't have that relationship with them, you know, we would have gone to Jordan and, you know, maybe the thing would have fallen apart. So, you know, we wouldn't have had that opportunity to do the workshops or do the symposium. And I think also like the relationships between the UT team were really important. Like the project wouldn't have been successful unless every single one of us like gave our all and, you know, combined our brain power over the course of the past year and a half to really produce what we are able to do. So, yeah, I think it really does boil down to personal relationships. I think it's really important, you know, because I think it really determines the success of the project at the end of the day. Um, this really makes it easier to work with people that you like working with and who equally put in the hard work that you have. And then I think I also learned about myself is that I really enjoy working in ambiguity. Like I love not knowing a hundred percent what's going to happen or, you know, knowing all the details. I love like the opportunity to sort of figure it out as we go. So that was something I wouldn't have probably learned at least this early if I weren't involved in this project. And then as far as biggest challenge, you know, I think, keeping endurance with the project like we've probably had a hundred meetings and you know we're still meeting like three four times a week to really tie up the project so I think just learning how to keep focused and keep willpower over the course of a project this long and this complex has been really difficult but at the end of the day it is the people that keep you keyed in so so yeah my biggest takeaway was probably also how central people are to anything in life. So more than anything, I really loved getting to know the UJ students, but also we met a lot of other Jordanian students and people along the way, like at our boot camps, almost um, 20 to 30 students came. They also came back for the symposium. To, so getting to know them was really my favorite part, and I was glad I could use some of the Arabic I learned at UT to connect with them, um, to just spark the conversation so that I wasn't as foreign to them and I was able to find something in common to also to just like start off a conversation. Other than that, it was amazing to see how Jordanians operated in like a professional space because there's so many stereotypes about Americans and Jordanians and everyone, like every culture around the world to, so to really see how they worked um, for ourselves, I think was a really great opportunity to realize that they're not very different from us. And yeah, people are just not different, really as different as we think around the world and travel in general. I love it so much because you're able to realize that the world is so much bigger than it is and you actually don't really know much about it. So just having that experience to be humble, to realize that there's a lot more to learn and experience, which is really exciting, you know, that there's more to life than just Austin was something that I needed to see for myself before graduation and starting real life. Yeah, I think all of my team members just put it so well, like finding those connections and forming those bonds and then using that to kind of strengthen this project, even working with like our undergraduate teams so just Abby, Sumeya, Tanya and I, we just all have like different strengths and weaknesses and we're really able to like play to those within this project and kind of rely on each other for help. So like no part was kind of done alone. It was just such like a once in a lifetime experience, like working on this project as a whole and being able to like form these connections that I'm sure we'll like remember for the rest of our lives. But 
yeah, I think that will be the end of our podcast episode for today. Thank you to everyone for listening to our podcast today. Thank you to our university partners, the UT Green Fund and the President Award for Global Learning for making this happen. Thank you to our faculty members, Dr. Eaton, Dr. Walenta, and Dr. Atkinson. Thank you to our Jordanian counterparts at the University of Jordan. <laughs>